One Pills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Not a full-scale practice on the field today. We'll explain in a second, but we will have post-practice comment from the likes of Josh Allen and Von Miller, among others, here on the show today. We will bring that to you in short order. Have a jam-packed show today. we got the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas about 30 minutes from now. And we'll also have... The guy calling the game on NBC on Sunday Night Football, Bills Giants. The one and only Mike Tirico will be joining us in hour number two of the show. So be happy to get him on in the second hour of the program. Plenty of roster transactions to pass along to you by the Bills. Uh, We saw that Josh Norman got added to the practice squad late yesterday. And so we mentioned that on yesterday's show. But today, there were a host of other transactions. We saw Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, as expected, move to injured reserve. Head coach Sean McDermott, who addressed the media last hour, said he is not ready to shut the door on both of their injuries being season-ending. They have to learn more information after their surgeries are complete to ascertain whether or not they do, in fact, have season-ending injuries or if there is a slight crack in the door where they could somehow, some way, return before the end of the season, whether that be the end of the regular season or the postseason. So cross your fingers and toes on that. A.J. Klein was promoted from the practice squad to the active roster to fill one of those vacant roster spots left behind by Milano and Daquan Jones. Currently, the other spot is open. And head coach Sean McDermott gave some indication as to who could be filling that spot. Jamarcus Ingram, the first-year cornerback out of UB, who got some playing time last week late in the game when he replaced Kyrie Elam in the lineup as a practice squad elevation. So he seems to be the most likely candidate based on what Coach McDermott told us this afternoon. So we'll just keep an eye on that and see where it goes. Taking the place of A.J. Klein on the practice squad was free agent defensive tackle Andrew Brown, who's been with a handful of clubs uh, over the years, Chicago, the Chargers, Houston, Cincinnati. So he's got 28 career games played, so he's not a spring chicken by any means. So if for some reason they would have to call him up in a given week and no offense to Andrew Brown, we're hoping that doesn't happen because that would mean more people are hurt. Right. Um, at least you've got somebody in reserve that has been there and done that in the regular season. As for the injury report, the Bills had a walkthrough practice today. Everyone that's been dinged up that is still on the roster participated with the exception of Dane Jackson, who is added to the injury report with a foot injury. So now you have Christian Benford trying to come back from a shoulder injury. Now Dane Jackson trying to come back from a foot injury. And healthy is Kyrie Elam and Jamarcus Ingram, currently a practice squad player. Right. Going to have to see how they make their way through the week here. Uh, It's going to bear close watching. That was kind of our show yesterday, coming to the realization that we're just going to wait and see how this roster shapes up. We don't know who the five, who the corners are going to be when the defense lines up. We kind of, I feel like it's going to be Bernard and and uh, not Bernard. 
Bernard and Win at linebacker, it's going to be the corners we don't know. The linebackers will probably yeah. be Williams and Bernard. Uh, probably. Could be Dodson. Could be Dodson. They may rotate. Could be Dodson. Could be Klein. Who knows? Because Klein, we've all seen him. He gets plugged in at a moment's notice because he's been around for as long as Brownie has. So, (laughs) he's... Right? I don't know so how to take that. He's not. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, <laughs> um, and they trust him. That's what coaches do. They put players out there they trust. So we don't know who the corners are going to be. We think the linebackers will be Bernard and Williams. Of course, Poyer and Hyde will be out there. Defensive line, Puna Ford. We expect will be next man up. Right. And I'm good with that. He can play. Yeah, you just drop him right in the rotation. I don't yeah. think. He's, I don't think he's going to start. He'll be in but he'll because everybody will. I mean, if you're up, you're going to play. I'm, I'm worried, not worried. I'm, I want to hear about Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa. I want to hear about Rousseau, how he's doing, and yeah. those guys at the end, and Vaughn. Uh, so I want to – Well, Coach McDermott said Vaughn came through the game clean, and I would anticipate his 18 to 20 snaps will increase this week. To what? I don't well, know. Maybe it's 25, maybe it's 30. Well, if he does and that. And if you get up to 30, you're pretty much yeah. into your rotational amount of playing time anyway. Right. So if they, if they give him a 30% more snaps, he's back 100% taking full rest. And that, yeah. it, unless they rotate him through heavy and then set him down in the second. You know what I mean? If they give him the whole first half and he plays a bunch and then set I wouldn't him, expect I don't them think to they'll do that. Do that. Yeah. I think they'll trickle him through and, you know, rotate him through like they normally do and see if he can do it. Um, and they'll keep a close watch on it. They'll do what they have you do as a player. You play a series, play a series, play a series with your rotation. Then you come off and they're going, okay, you know, how's it feel? What's going on? How you doing? What did that, that, that? And they go, yeah. okay, all right, take this next rep and we're going to do it again. Then they'll, they'll start evaluating and play almost play by play, series by series for sure. And they'll, see, and they'll go from there. But that's kind of an open-ended right. rotation. I don't think they'll do that. They'll Rous- have a number. Rousseau participated in the walkthrough today. He was listed by Coach McDermott on Monday as day-to-day with his foot injury, as we know he missed last week's game. So the hope is he gets healthy enough and can play on Sunday night. Dawson Knox, according to Coach McDermott, has a wrist injury that he's working through. And Dalton McCade, even though he participated in the walkthrough today, remains in concussion protocol. So it is possible to participate in practice and still be in the protocol. Here's the good news as far as I'm concerned. Because in the return to participation protocol, if you are doing football-related activities, it means you are already in stage four of the five-step return to concussion protocol. So that means when he comes in for a baseline test after regular practice participation, if the baseline test matches what his current test is, he can gain full medical clearance, which would then clear him to play Sunday night against the Giants. But we're a long way from that. It's only Wednesday, so we'll have to see how tomorrow goes when they have a regular practice and how Friday goes when they have a regular practice. I got the feeling with the long travel and everything else, they wanted to give the players an extra day before they ramp things up for the next game again. Uh, So they had a walkthrough practice today to kind of get on the ball with everything. So... I would just say, let's see what the Wednesday injury report looks like and take it from there. Um, The news is, oh, and the Wednesday injury report just came out, as I said that. that. Ask ask and you shall receive, Steve. So here is the rundown. Benford listed, and, and again, 
walkthrough practice today, but as is required by the league, you have to provide an injury report with an estimate of what that participation would be had it been a full-scale practice. So Christian Benford listed as a full participant with a shoulder injury. That's good news. Dane Jackson listed as a non-participant with a foot injury. Not good news. And then Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, and Greg Rousseau listed as limited participants had it been a full practice, being in the concussion protocol and with wrist and foot injuries, respectively. Linebacker Balin Spector, who was designated to return from injured reserve from his hamstring injury, suffered late in the preseason, was listed as a full participant, which indicates he is fully healthy. So we heard Coach McDermott indicate that Jamarcus Ingram is the most likely person to take the open roster spot on the 53-man roster, and you understand why. Now with Dane Jackson also hurt, and Benford still trying to come back from a shoulder injury. So Spectre has a 21-day window in which to practice and remain on injured reserve. They don't have to take up a roster spot for him for another three weeks. And I hate to say this, but it's almost like you're waiting for somebody else at linebacker to get hurt before you put him on the active roster. That's horrible of me to say, but right. that's kind of where it is right now. You've got a more dire need at corner based on the injuries than you do at linebacker. And they right. chose to add Klein to the active roster instead of Specter. So Specter's probably going to practice for the next couple of weeks, but remain on IR yeah. designated to return. Or he may not be 100% because his, it was his muscle, his injury was pretty severe so they may give him a week to get back and then they may they probably like him better than AJ because they kept him over AJ to the beginning of the season um and he was in early in camp he was in this in the competition at middle linebacker uh before it went to um Bernard and Dodson so we'll see I I think Specter is going to be active as soon as he's 100% ready and they find out that he's 100% ready. They're probably giving him a chance to... He's a full participant. Right. They're going to give him a chance to get his feet under. You've got to ramp up. Right. They'll ramp him up, and A.J. Klein will get him through at least this week. And here's your injury report for those watching on MSG. Um, Yeah. Not as lengthy as I feared it would be. Rousseau was limited... Yeah, I'm. Yeah, Rousseau's the one that worries me because if you get Rousseau back and Vaughn back, and you've got AJ playing like he is, well, who's and Ed not Oliver, on, who's not on the injury report, Leonard Floyd or Shaq right, Lawson, right? That's that's great. Yeah, because it looked like <sighs> you're gonna oh, be pretty deep at yeah. defensive end. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, so their pass rush should be up to snuff, uh, and Ed Oliver is gonna still be in there too. So that, yeah, I'm. We need to stay as healthy as we can up front on both sides. Losing Daquan hurts, but at least right at this point, it looks like it's just Daquan. You've got depth, I guess, is, right. is the point to be made I there. I say just Daquan because he was playing at a pro, an all-pro level. He really was. The guy yeah. was killing it. And now, he, you know. So, well, we'll see. Um, at this point, the Bills – and I know that we've been talking around this all week and people have been ready to, you know, they've been grip, gripping the ripcord and ready to pull the shoot on the season. But this is a really good football team. they got really good depth, and it's being tested right now. Um, we'll see if they pass the test against a, a Giants team that they should handle. Yeah, and the New York Giants are dealing with plenty of injuries of their own, particularly 
on their offensive line. They had to sign offensive tackle Yadni Kajust, who used to be with the Patriots, to their practice squad as depth in case they need it. So he just got into town. Andrew Thomas, their starting left tackle, has not played since week one with a hamstring injury. He is not practicing today. Uh, There are a number of other players not practicing today, and I'm going to just pull it up real quick here so I can kind of relay everything to everybody. But uh, basically, head coach Brian Dable of the Giants said inside linebacker Micah McFadden, not practicing today. Wide receiver Wandale Robinson, not practicing today. Tight end Darren Waller, who played last week, now has a groin injury. He is not practicing today. And Daniel Jones, who on Monday Brian Dable sounded optimistic about, saying, oh, we're hopeful he's just got a day-to-day injury and has a chance to play this Sunday against the Bills. He is not practicing today. And naturally, the starting quarterback, when he's not practicing, you're going to get a flurry of questions. So Brian Dable said he would not practice. He's more sore today than he was the other day. And so he said he would not disclose the nature of his neck injury because he did have a neck surgery earlier in his career. Right, so naturally, the media wants to know, yeah. is this the same injury? He will not say that. Um, when asked if there is a concern that it's a long-term neck injury, he would not specify. Uh, when asked if he was cleared for contact, he would not say. When asked if they need to sign another quarterback to back up Tyrod in the event that Jones can't play, The only thing Dable would say was it is a potential option and they would consider it if necessary. So they're a mess down there in New York, too, with injuries. they got a ton of them, and you you still don't have Saquon Barkley back with a high ankle sprain. He's missed three games, so you don't know what his status is, although I would assume he's practicing since he he wasn't listed among the non-participants. Right, he was a game day inactive last week so they they pushed it right up until game time this last game so you would think he's gonna be back from i believe what is an ankle injury um yeah high ankles but they got problems they got they've got injury problems just like the bill and yeah you know, they look around the league everybody's going through it john so. michael schmitz is another one of their starting linemen he is not practicing today so yeah it's he's their starting center so he's not practicing. Their starting left tackle is not practicing. One of their starting inside linebackers isn't practicing. One of their top four receivers isn't practicing. Starting quarterback, starting tight end. All down with injuries. So they're in rough shape, too. You wonder who's going to be left to play this week. Um, but we want to transition uh, back to the Bills here because uh, the players, with just a walkthrough practice, were off the field rather quickly. And Josh Allen addressed the media following the walkthrough practice today. So let's turn to Josh now to get his comments on the upcoming game against the Giants. I mean, just dap him up, give him a big old hug. I know, uh, you know he, he's meant so much to me in my, my football career and in my life, for that matter. Um, you know, so excited to see him. How much of what you learned from him do you still carry with you today? I mean, a lot. I think... You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things um, in terms of football and um, you know how to handle, you know, being being a quarterback in this league, you know, relying on the knowledge that he has and the guys that he's been around in his career. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with him. Um, but I mean, there's there's been a lot of people that have had their hands in the pie and and, um, and the success that we've had here in Buffalo. And um, 
you know, first and foremost for me, it was, it was him first, you know, and just making sure that we were on the same page and talking about certain things and, um, you know, and they, they know a lot of our, our offense. I mean, it's basically the same, same offense. Uh, we've done quite a few different things though with, with Dorsey here. Um, so, you know, we gotta be ready to go on Sunday. How much, is that how much, how much of the offense, like when you look at what they're doing versus what you're doing, like how much of it is like, Oh, I, I do recognize that. Like, is it a I mean, it's, it's, in terms of what they're doing, um, there's a lot of stuff that we used to do. Now we've we've done, you know, a good job of switching things up, and Dorsey's done a good job of, um, you know, rolling with what the league's doing and trying to figure out what these defenses are doing. You know, the the, the league as a defensive, you know, and the schematics of things has changed over the last couple of years. Um, not seeing as much junk tamp anymore. It's more of a, a quarters shell, um, playing some palms on the outside. Um, so we're, we've, we've been, you know, trying to roll with that and change with that. But in terms of, you know, code words and all that stuff, we're going to have to change some things because I'm sure that those DBs and, and people have heard uh, what we've said. Maybe they've switched it. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Speaking of that, LeBron would like to know what LeBron when you said that during this. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, one, of our, one of our best plays that we have, to be honest. We run it quite often. And, you know, we got a lot of code words. Um, you know, so I'm sure over the course of our, our games, especially when there's no noise, you'll hear quite a few, whether it's, you know, athletes or celebrities or whatever, you know, condiments. Like, we, we got a lot of stuff in our game plan that we can call and um, makes it fun for the guys. Do you have one for me or um, I said athletes and famous people. <laughs> hey, um, tight end. Obviously, I know the progression takes you where you have to go. But has it been a struggle maybe to get the ball, especially downfield, to Dalton and Dawson? It seems like it's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, as far as a struggle, I don't know if I'd call it a struggle. Um, you know, I think defenses are doing a good job of scheming up towards that, and, and you know, they're taking away them, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the stuff that we've called have had them first in the progression. Um, and I feel like I've gotten gotten off it just because of what defenses are doing. So, um you know, there's only one ball that gets to go around at the end of the day, and we got to find a way to to get that ball to those guys, especially downfield. Dawson and Dalton, they're they're two big playmakers. But you know, when you're doing that and getting the ball downfield to them, you're taking away getting the ball downfield to you know Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and Deontay Hardy. So you know, there's there's things that we got to do to uh, maximize each player on the field and get them utilizing their talents to the best of their abilities, because um, ultimately that's going to help our team. And, you know, but we're five games in, we're still learning. Uh, and you know we got a lot of a lot of season left. Josh, there was a video of uh, Stefan from the sideline the other day, kind of taking some frustration out on a tablet. Do you just sort of chalk that up to one of those days where it was a frustrating overall for the offense? Uh, I mean, yeah, but you know he was. I know a lot of people are throwing different ideas of what he was mad at on the sideline. Um, you know, he was mad at himself for for running the wrong release on a route. You know, so. He's a he's a competitor. He's a fiery competitor. Um, I'm tired of hearing all this nonsense from people because there's a lot of guys in the league that have that same fire that don't get talked about. But you know, he's he's a lot of our juice on the sideline. Um, you know, making sure that the offense is staying up and, and as energized as possible, and we feed off of that. So um, you know, obviously, we want to play better. We want to win every single game that we play in, and you know, but. Um, in terms of last week, it's in the past, and you know we've we've learned from it. We're moving on, and we got to utilize what we learned from it going forward. Follow up on that on that answer. Do you feel like he maybe doesn't get the credit that he deserves for his leadership with this team? Right now? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, he's he's a captain for a reason. And again, 
when you look at the sidelines of guys that are talking and making sure that everybody's ready to go, you know, for better or worse, he's he's up in up in guys' faces, and he's making sure that we have as much juice as we need, and he supplies that to our offense, especially in times when we need it. Um, so yeah, he he doesn't get the burn that he deserves there, and uh, frankly, that kind of ticks me off when people want to say stuff about him, but. You know, we'll we'll keep that all all that internal here. When you watch the film, were you kind of kicking yourself on the on the deep ball that he had to stop and come back for? Because if you had gotten it out there, it was probably six. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know, it's a long throw. It's a long throw, and you know people aren't going to see. You know, Josh Allen actually got his hand on the ball and forced the ball to get out of my hand. So I spent, you know, that half second trying to refine the the, the laces. Um, you know, sometimes those guys make good plays too. You know, they get paid, and that safety got himself in a position to make a good play. And I think nine times out of ten, Steph comes down with that. And that was the the one time I that he doesn't. About the one where he got wide open. And oh, I'm not talking about that. That was a long one. Yeah. Throw. The other one was about. It looked like it was about a fifty yarder, which you could handle. He had to kind of stop. Yeah, run. yeah. I mean, that was a more so reading safety, and um, he he was kind of in a position where I thought maybe he could take both. Um, and he actually took the tight end. So I just kind of, those are one of those things like don't overthrow him here. You know, he's so wide open, don't overthrow him. Obviously, you'd love to, in a perfect world, put it out in front and let him, let him go run under it and go score a touchdown, but fortunately it didn't happen. Josh, when you're in a situation where it's going well, everybody talks about pace and energy and rhythm and those things, and then for whatever reason it didn't start out that way, is that something you're conscious of? And how does that change? Does it change in play calling and how quickly you get the guys to the line of scrimmage, or is it just success that builds on that rhythm. Yeah, I think it's it's an effort from everybody on the on the field. Um, you know, we're an offense where whatever Dorsey calls, we should go out there and execute, no matter what it is, if it's a run or a pass. And, uh, you know, it starts with me. So I got to be better. We got to be better. Um, you know, finding, finding ways to move the ball and get ourselves into that rhythm when maybe things aren't going all that well. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, we'll, we'll learn from it, and we're moving on. Josh, I just wanted to go back to what you said about Steph's reaction in a more general sense. You kind of said the same thing about Miami last year when Ken took out some frustration on the tablet at the end of it. Is that level of intensity, and different guys show it in different ways, right? But is that part of what has allowed you pretty much to respond as a, as a team and as an offense to performances like last week's or adversity? Yeah, I mean, I'd be worried if, if nobody was freaking out. You know, I, I think the want and the drive of, of this team of wanting to win you know, that's that's the make of a good football team. We're not okay with being mediocre. You know, we're not okay with scoring 20 points. We're not okay with scoring, you know, 16 points, whatever it was week one. You know, this is an offense that we should be going out there and we should be executing. And, you know, it's it's week five. Um, there's still a lot of football left. You know, there's there's no panic. But, again, guys are, are wanting and we have that, that drive to go out there and and score on every single possession, and is that is that plausible throughout the year? Absolutely not. But making sure that we're we're not doing the mental mistakes, and um, again, those guys on the side of the other side of the ball, they get paid to make plays too, and they're they're going to make plays, and that's going to happen. We get, like we're okay with that, but we want to take and you know take care of what we can control, and that's what we're working on, uh, you know, fixing right now. The defense has lost three big guys now: Trey Milano and Daquan. Now, was what was. Was there a message from Coach McDermott this week on that? And just uh, what is your perspective? How do you how do you recover from that? Yeah, I mean, you talk about um, one of the best D tackles in, in the game right now, how, how well, you know, uh, DQ is playing. Matt Milano, he's an all-pro. 
you know, Trey White getting back to his all-pro self. Um, you can't replace those guys. You know, it's it's hard to have somebody come in and, and be just as good as them. Um, but I think this front office has done a good job of picking the guys that we've picked, and this coaching staff's going to do a good job of coaching these guys and, and putting them in positions where they can succeed. So um, it's next man up, and that's that's for everybody in the entire league. You know, every team deals with injuries, um, you know, and, and it sucks, and that's that's the game that we play, and it's not if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt, and it's going to happen to everybody at some point. So um, guys got to step up. We got we to gotta pull together as a team and, and make sure that it takes, you know, those other – you know, ten guys to help fill that eleventh position. Josh, as an offense, do you say on that? As an offense, do you say, hey, you know, we got to maybe pick it up a little bit in certain situations where you guys have to score fifty. It is what it is. I mean, that's that's the thought process that we have. You know, regardless, doesn't matter who we got on on defense, um, who we're playing. Like as an offense, you know, every time we touch the ball, we we got to go score, right? We got to go get three or six and um, put our defense in positions where. You know, Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and, and Leonard Floyd can go pin their ears back and try to go get the quarterback and try to make them one-dimensional. So um, that's that's what Coach McDermott preaches throughout the year, and that's something that we got to be better on. But um, you know, we got an opportunity this week to to, to play a really really hungry Giants team that's going to be prepared coming in here Sunday night. So we got to be ready for that. Josh, what's Two more. Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say we're talking every day or every week, but maybe every other week and just checking in with each other and quick little FaceTime, you know, what's up, miss you, bye. And, like, you know, everybody everybody knows Dable, and, you know, he, he loves his FaceTimes. But, um, you know, I'm, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good relationship. In terms of his influence on you, I mean, you mentioned kind of generally at the beginning some framework of the offense type stuff, but where does he rank on the list of people that allowed you to become a lead? In, in this league, and could you point to a thing or two that he maybe taught you directly that has allowed you to succeed? Well, I think you know, in terms of you know my my path of my career and, and getting better, um, he he was probably the most influential one. You know, he's a guy that I talk to each and every day. Obviously, figuring out what concepts I do and I don't like. You know, relying on the like I said earlier, the knowledge that he's had from being around guys like Tom and guys like Brett. Um, so yeah, I mean he he's up there for sure. I don't know if he'd be number one. There, you know, like I said, it's taken a lot of people to to get me where I am right now, and I got to continue to work harder and 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 get better. Um, so, but yeah, he's been extremely influential in my career. Thank you. Guys. All right, so that's Josh Allen addressing the media after the walkthrough session today, and quickly he kind of straightened out the frustration that Stephon Diggs exhibited on the sidelines at last week's game. And he said he was mad because he had the wrong release on a route on a play on the previous series. Um, You know, people want to try to interpret what's going on on a sideline. And all I can say is you don't know. (laughs) No. You don't know. And I was glad that Josh actually explained it. Because very often, Steph is mad at himself more than anything else. More often than not. Um, Because he holds himself to the highest of standards. People... yeah, it happened the entire off season and all of that, and it, and it it never it was we poo pooed it on the show as soon as it came out the stuff and uh, that happened at, at uh, mini camp and stuff when Steph got sent home the first day and it, come on, um, these two guys are going to be friends for as long as they're alive and that's not going to change. Uh, so 
Steph loves it here. He knows how good it is here. They're a juggernaut of an offense. When they play their game, they got to feel like they're unbeatable. So none of these guys are anything but happy going forward together. And and it's I'm like I always just like roll my eyes when people start. They see something on the sidelines and they think they know exactly what happened. Listen, I've been on the sidelines enough to know (laughs) people have no idea what those conversations are. None. So we'll see. Break time for us here because when we return, the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas will be joining us back on this side of the Atlantic after making the trip over to London along with everybody else that wanted to see that game. So Thurman coming in here to studio next on One Pills Live. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas with us. This week's game against the Giants presented by Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York because life. Uh, Thurm, welcome back. Are you readjusted to the time change here? Or are you still a little pie-eyed? Twins, good. Did Daryl call you? Darryl, no, Daryl did not call me. He's in town, I guess. He, oh, he is? Yeah, Janine Steve offered to put him up for oh, free. Yeah? In his gigantic compound. And all the hotels are so expensive, man. They're and I was like, yeah, call me, man. Like, you can stay at me. Sarah's out of town. We can hang out. All right. I got nothing. Crickets. He didn't call you. Okay. Called, didn't call you either? Didn't call me. I mean, my house is full. Oh, <laughs> my, it's, so, my yeah, better look at I your know, house, right? But. Yes, he would. My house is – we had a, yeah, we had a baby, a new grandbaby last week, so my, she's gone oh. for that. and. Uh, so well, it's me. Number it's me. Eight, yeah, the right? population number is eight, me number and eight. Population me and in Taskerville just and keeps going up. Let me tell you something. It's no easy task keeping me wet, fed, and watered while she's gone. <laughs> I got like, what? Am I, I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. What do I do? Right. Yeah. So there you go. But order good to have you back, man. I and you were over there. How the trip? Yeah, go? I was over there. Overall, trip came, I mean, no, the the game stunk. Yeah. Uh, what about no, the we trip? Had, we had a great trip, man. Uh, <clears throat> October fourth, we were there, uh, and uh, Annie and Lil Thurm got the same uh, same birthday. Five years apart, so we celebrated their birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then I had some things I had to do. She yeah, took them over. Yeah, she took them over to uh, Thurm had to Brussels. Hang. Yeah, Thurm yeah. had to hang out with me on she Saturday what? or Friday. Brussels? Really? Belgium? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Took the train over by two hours, went over and saw some auto show. You know, Lil Thurm loves cards, so right. went over there, and he was just in heaven. Oh, but, F- F1 stuff? Yeah. All, no, not F1, just like Model T cars oh, from okay, way okay, back okay, all I the way to oh, now. Yeah. Like they have like a Bugatti there. And it's like one of one, okay. and it costs $19 million. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> so, and it still only and, has four wheels. And it probably belongs to uh, Ronaldo, probably. That's probably, the, that's the yeah. rumor. So Right. Okay. And then Saturday, you and I had to do the thing at the Admiralty. That place was a madhouse. Play was a madhouse inside and out. Let me but from like something. four in the afternoon, <laughs> I saw yes. the I saw the line going down the street there in London. And I got, and I, then when we broke to you guys live, we were like, ah, right. and I, I was like, dude, I am going home taking a nap. I was, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't yeah. make that trip. Yeah, them, them, man, they were. Well, I tell you what, they took over London. Oh yeah, they t- I, I mean, saw I all could, kinds I could, of stuff. Yeah. Only only Jacksonville Jaguar jersey that I saw. I went to an event with uh, Maurice Jones Drew. And Roger Goodell. Who is a former Jaguar. Yeah, who is a former. Yeah, and Roger Goodell. And it was one guy had his jersey on. It was like, that's all I saw all week. Mm. Wow. I, yeah, they were grossly outnumbered. I'll say, I'll say this, though. It's good and it's bad. Certainly, we're you know, proud of the fan base. They showed up big time. I mean, they went over. And oh, they, they made a difference during right, the game, so, too. Right. So the problem with that is all the people in London are going, you know what? Uh, you can bring the Bills back. <laughs> well, they can bring the Bills back. Just don't play the Jaguars. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've been over there three times. The Bills kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. They like the Bills kryptonite. That was was that Doug Marone? Mm. Yeah. Doug Marone. We didn't didn't play well over there in the 90s when we went over to. We went to to Berlin once and we went to uh, Wembley once. I don't know who we, we played. Philadelphia. We played Philly in Wembley. We played the Minnesota Vikings in Olympic Stadium in, in Berlin. Berlin, yeah. In Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we – they were preseason games. Yeah. Like, so, uh, they were preseason yeah, games. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so you guys probably didn't play a whole lot. Marv didn't play you guys. I, I actually played not. a little bit in the, in the Germany game. Okay. No, the Wembley game. All right. I played a little bit in that because – What was against who? Philly. 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 Oh, yeah. That was when um, uh, Buddy Ryan was – Buddy Ryan was might a coach. Been, Marv Lee been. was a coach, and they wanted to scrimmage. And Marv said, "Ain't no way we scrimmaging. Not yeah. over here. Nah, yeah, because yeah. you know yeah, Marv, you know, it was Buddy Ryan's defense. You know, and you know, I'm sure they were physical well, every that, single practice. Well, yeah, and Marv and didn't want to, you know, Marv was protect. I would say protecting us, but hey, it's preseason. I'm not going to have my guys us. over there. Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Seth, Seth Joyner, Joyner, like. Yeah. Those cats. Yeah, Eric Marv's Allen. Like, yeah. Marv was like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're nah, good we don't man, right. <laughs> Is that the same game? We didn't – that was in, was it the year before we played them in, in the stadium here and we were up 24 to 3 or something before Marv got his head set on. Remember yeah, that? pretty much, yeah. Wait, and that's when – that's an end. Marv got set on? Headset. Oh, he had his headset. Before he went like went like this, no, it was twenty four nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, and and that was the same game that uh, Randall, Randall Cunningham, Cunningham threw a ninety five yard. Yeah, Bruce had him. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. anyway, that's Fred Barnett. <laughs> I think that's. We're I think that's. Like, we can talk about that the week we played Philly. Dave Davis finally broke that record for longest touchdown in the stadium last year with the ninety eight yard against Steelers. Dude, we're so old. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. Why don't we? Why don't we turn the page and just talk Bills Giants a little bit? Um, yeah. No, Sa- Saquon Barkley's missed the last three games with the high ankle sprain. Um, he was a reporter- game time decision. Yeah, last week the reporters at Giants practice today said they didn't see him doing anything. He was getting his ankle retaped. So who even knows if he's practicing today? But you think the Bills have injuries? These guys they don't have anybody. Uh, Daniel Jones. I don't know if he's going to play. Maybe Ty- we might see Tyrod. Well, you know what? I, just to sum that up very, very quickly, they're not very good. No, they're not. Um, they're not very good. Yeah. And it's their offensive line that's the biggest problem. And three of their offensive linemen are not practicing today, including their starting center and their starting left tackle, who hasn't played for the last three weeks. And I think Daniel Jones is shell-shocked. No internal clock because he's thinking, first read, second read, i got to get out of here or I'm going to die in the pocket. I don't have my guy behind me. <clears throat> he's not 100%. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Everybody's teeing off on Jones because if you don't have Barkley, what else do you have to worry about? Yeah, they don't have anything right now. I mean, they're struggling. You know, well, I, I feel bad for him. Yeah. You know, Dave was a good guy. You know, he's one of St. Franny guy. You right, know, so right, you know, right, and, yeah. you, and you know, as a assistant coach, you know, you this is what you want—an opportunity to become a head coach. I mean, had a great, successful year yeah. last year. They you overachieved know? last year. Yeah, very overachieved last year, and then you know, you had a whole lot with Saquon and. Gave Daniel Jones all the money, and it just has gone the opposite way for him and this football team. And you know the Giants. I mean, they're they're a pretty proud organization. Yeah, you know, and the, their fans are impatient. Yeah, very much. I, That's about do you any think New York at fan, this but. point, <laughs> right. the way they have looked and the way this has gone, um, 
I think you almost have to. They should have been kind of in reset mode last year because I, you know, you got to know that they took that job in New York, knowing they had a, they had some work to do with their roster, their players, and all that. Let alone giving Daniel Jones a contract and getting Saquon Barkley signed up. If they wouldn't have had so much success last year, and maybe tried to go and double right. down on the mm-hmm. talent they had in the room and said, "Listen, we're going to stick with our plan. We're going to, you know." Daniel Jones. You're, Tearing it down would have been easier this year. We're not paying you, Daniel Jones. We're, we're not paying you to take one. We're going to do it. We're going to go through it. Now it seems like it would have been a better way, and you would have hoped you'd be one and four. <laughs> right. Now they are one and four. <laughs> yeah, you know? They weren't hoping to be one and four. Right. It's not unlike McDermott taking over here. Nothing was expected in 2017. They overachieved. They make the playoffs. And then they go 6 and 10 in 2018 when their offensive line was a giant problem. Yep. And they went nowhere fast. The Giants are kind of mirroring that a little bit here in year two under Dable. Overachieve in year one and now struggle mightily. Why? Because yeah, of offensive back. line problems in year two. Yeah, but that it was a little different in in you know, for the Bills because they they felt like and we felt it too, they got their guy. They drafted a quarterback. They right. drafted their they drafted guy and guy. he was on the ascension and the Giants did not. You could plug in some guys on the offensive line as you went along. You know what I mean? You could. You, we knew that was on the horizon. I am willing to bet that the <laughs> Giants draft a quarterback this year. Wherever they are in round one, Joe Shane's pulling a Brandon Bean, and he's going and getting a quarterback. Watch it happen. What? Watch it happen. That's going to be probably several teams around the league that do that too. Right. Sean Payton, Denver, going to get a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> and mean. it's a good class this year, but <laughs> – Unless you're at the top, right. you're not getting Caleb Williams. So. Right. So I mean, you just, yeah, keep an eye on the standings, <laughs> and that the, that's the guy. I mean, they're gonna everybody's gonna. There be are going. others in the class though. The Penix kid is good. Yeah. There's a couple other guys. And they're uh, talking about the same thing with, in Chicago with Justin Fields. You're, yeah. I mean, you know who else you're talking it's, about? It's like three. It's like five teams that could. Carolina's zero and five, but they just got their guy. Bryce Young. Yeah. Um, Arizona. Mm. Yeah, they're talking about trading Kyler Murray. Right. I mean, it's, it's then you've got the Giants, Chicago, and Minnesota. All you know, happy. You know, I have been so glad that we're not in that conversation. We don't live in that world. Listen, we don't so live in that here's world, where we baby. Are. Carolina, Arizona, the Giants, Chicago, Minnesota, and then you've got Denver and wait, let me just savor it. New England, all one and four or worse. <laughs> So, all of those clubs are now in you know in the sweepstakes to get one of these guys. Yeah, right. New England. So is. You're, you're, so you're probably going to see something that you've never seen before as far as trade wise yeah. and getting rid of players to get a quarterback. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the injuries that the Bills are you know kind of navigating their way through right now, Thurm, because you got several yeah. players. You know, Milano and Daquan Jones go on IR. IR. Two guys that were playing top notch ball. Yep. Uh, to lump on top of Tredavious White, who you lost the week before. <sighs> yeah. um, but you've got two very beatable opponents the next couple of weeks in the Giants and the Patriots the next two games. So it really affords the coaching staff an opportunity to kind of see what they have and what they can do with the guys that are filling in, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got two winnable games. It's kind of a good part of the schedule to have this problem to yeah. figure things out, don't you think? I think so. I think they can, I, yeah, I think you have to figure out. I'd like to see a stat, and I'm sure you guys probably talked about it. I'd like to see a stat of play action out of play action and run out of under the center. Those yeah. are two things that I will I, like. Like what? Are, like if he's under the center 
and we're running the ball, how much are we averaging? Yeah. I would say a good five well, yards. he did the thing. And oh, you did? Oh, Josh okay. is like – he said he did it from passing, play, action, pass. Josh has like got this perfect quarterback rating, and they were like – He's got nine touchdowns, nine no TDs, picks. No right. pick. I mean, it's like unbelievable. And his completion They're, percentage I mean, is over 80. The James Cook five carries for minus two yards, that bugs me. Well, yeah, but it's because they only ran play action five times last week. Why? I don't know why it's they been... went away from it. Um, your guess is as good as mine. All right, don't, because, get, don't get me heated Because their here. run game's better out of play action. Yeah. The protection's better out of play action. And the passing game is more efficient out of play action, and for some reason they went away from it. Away from we asked, I asked Dan Orlovsky yesterday when we had him on, what is, what is it that a defense might do that would steer a coordinator away from calling it? Right. Like, is there anything that a defense can throw at an offensive coordinator on film? They see it, oh, maybe I shouldn't run play action this week. Is there anything like that that comes up? And he said, not from Jacksonville. Not from Jacksonville. He said, there's nothing that Jacksonville really puts on tape that would steer me away from that if, right. if I was a coordinator. I was like, okay, well, I, I, then I don't have an answer as to why that happened. So you're asking me? I don't have an answer <laughs> you for you, Thurman. Maybe answer. you have an answer. I don't have an answer. Okay. I, I but give, I would like to I see wanna, it return. I want to give an answer, but I'm not going to give an answer. Their percentages went down. So I know they ran – my naked eye calling the game said, I'm seeing less play action out here, and then going back and looking at the plays, that right. was in fact the case. So hopefully they go back to it this week. we got to take a break here, but more with Thurman Thomas, the Hall of Famer, when we return here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. The Buffalo Bills are partnering with Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield to use CrowdSync synchronized LED wristbands for a pregame light show in Highmark Stadium on Sunday night. Wristbands will be placed on seats prior to the game against the Giants. The blue light-up wristbands will be synced to the stadium lights as the team introductions take place. Also be sure to check back to Highmark Stadium Twitter later this week for an instructional video from one Steve Tasker on how to use the wristbands. Wow. It it. should be good. Man. little how-to, you know. Come to the source, Therm. If you want to know. You're all up to the place. In the stadium, he's everywhere. He's he's like... When we say hey, 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 oh yeah, you guys say it. Yeah. I'm like, wow. he wasn't physically in London, but he no, was there. But he was there a couple, at least uh, every quarter. Well, they work me like a dog, right there, man. <laughs> That's just hard. Well, work. you know what? No, just... dude, you, you do a very good job. I appreciate. <laughs> it. We appreciate. Listen, it. if it wasn't for Brownie, this whole I would, I you know, you yeah. I would be exposed as the fraud that I am <laughs> in the broadcasting world. You great, you great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was I don't fun, think though. I could have pulled it. Great. Off. Hey, tell yeah. me about this great stadium. Oh, awesome stadium! I know the field. Stadium. I know the players didn't like the field, and we, you know, all that. Blah, blah. We can fix yeah. that, but the stadium's pretty stadium's awesome. Fans pretty awesome. love it. Well, you won't have to worry about that in the Bills' new stadium because it's going to be grass. It's grass anyway. So, yeah, 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 but you know, I want to. You it was know, a nice stadium. Was it very nice? Stadium. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. But I keep telling I, I keep, people. I keep. I keep looking at the fact that yeah, <laughs> it's over there. Yeah. Compared to like when this one was built five years through right. the blizzard and everything. Right. Right. It won't. It'll be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. It is gonna, getting beat up wise and yeah, things like yeah. that. They yeah. did say with the canopy, the Bills canopy will be the same, except the only thing it won't have is that glass extension. Did you see the glass extension on the top of the canopy? So you had a regular metal canopy, and then there was like a yes, glass a extension. glass extension, yes. The, the, the glass extension, extension. is not going to be gonna on be the there. stadium here. Oh, okay. It's the only way the canopy is going to be different oh, from gotcha. what I was told. I tell people now this all the time. The new stadium. They're going. I think everybody's going to love the new stadium, but it is going to be an adjustment. You know, I mean, you got like <laughs> right. fifty years in this joint. 
Yeah. And you're going to have to, you you know, where are you going to walk? When are you going to, when you're going to go in? How are you going to get there? And More all that. technology. And then, yeah. and it'll be front and it'll be fresh and new. It's going to take a while to get into your routine, you know, your, your game routine, routine yeah, you know, because everybody here, I mean, it's like, they, they know in and how to get out. Yeah. Everybody parked in the same, it's like church. Everybody right. parked in the same spot, sitting in the same pew. You know, and this, you know, that everybody's in the exact same spot every week. So yeah. it's going to take a while for more elevators, you know, stuff. Like yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah. You can't walk up. You got to, you got to ride up. Right, you yeah. got to ride up. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be totally different. But it'll be fun. I think people are really going to love it. I think they are. And it's, it's it is going to be an adjustment though. No yeah, question. No question. No matter how much better it'll be. Yeah. You didn't get to a soccer game though, did you, Therm? No, I did not get to a soccer over there. Game. No. Do they have soccer games like every day? No. The, during the season, it's typically on Saturdays, uh, occasionally Sundays, and then once in a while a Monday night game, taking a yeah. page out of the NFL's book. And then the top four teams that finished last year play in the Champions League, which is, which is a European tournament. Mm-hmm. The top four teams from the English League, top four teams from the Spanish League, the French League, the Italian League – and I think one other league. I want to say Germany. Germany's league. Where so there's like league 60 gazillion soccer players, huh? Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we, I'm just talking about Europe. Yeah. yeah they got, well, they right. got leagues in South America. They got leagues right. in Mexico. They got MLS here. When we, when we flew African in league. Tuesday night, when we got to a certain point, you just look down, lit up soccer fields, soccer fields, soccer fields. They're all spread yeah. out all over. Yeah. All over. You got the J League in Japan. I mean, they got leagues everywhere, man. <laughs> Everywhere, pick a country. Yeah, that's the problem. There ain't big. There ain't enough big fat guys to play our sport. <laughs> there ain't no offensive linemen out there. That's part of it. Mm, yeah, you know they can't because guys like you and me can play pro soccer. Oh yeah, right. That's yeah, my point. Yeah, I mean you like Messi's like five nothing. Yeah, he's five. He's shorter than me. Yeah, he's five five and a half. Yeah, so you know. <laughs> but he plays like the ball's on a string on his foot. Right. I mean, yeah, that's, it's a skill. Do anything he wants. But I think the, when it's you called look at, ball mastery. When you look at the leagues over here compared to over there, I mean, I mean, he got here yeah. the first day, and, I mean, he scored 10 goals. Oh, my gosh. He's lighting these guys up. These guys <laughs> right, MLS, right. Is, MLS is closing the gap, but, yes, it is closing not. Closing the gap. It is not the there yet. Okay. Classic no, it is marketing not, yeah, there by Brownie. We're closing the gap. It's closing well, the gap. See, it could be there, but. Our great athletes, LeBron and Steph Curry, they play basketball well, in yeah. other sports. So if those guys yeah, play you're, soccer. You're closing but, the gap. You're throwing a bucket. Well, of that's why the Messi signing is so important because the next step for MLS here in the States is to begin to have more, more European players on your teams yeah. to raise the level of play and thereby raise the league's profile as well. Yeah, they need well, to hurry up. Yeah, the, the, you're closing I mean, I lo- the gap. No, I love the game. I, I love the game, but I, I want to see more. Yeah, yeah. I you're closing see more. the gap by throwing a bucket of dirt in the Grand Canyon, bro. <laughs> you got a long way to go. Messi's not a bucket of dirt, buddy. Number one player in the world. <laughs> okay, he's a bulldozer. That's fine. He's got a long way to go. A bucket of dirt in the Grand Canyon. No Boy, respect, I love, man. I love you, man. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> Oh, he's got a bunch of listen. I know he does. The, the, the copper mine over here is starting to take shape. I'm liking it. I can see corners and walls and stuff. Yeah, they're done blasting already. Yeah, they're done blasting. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've been putting stuff in now instead of taking stuff out for yeah. a while. Concrete should be coming up pretty soon, so I think. Okay. Oh, that's, those things aren't concrete over there that I'm looking at? Or are those just forms? Just forms, I think. Like I, concrete I haven't seen it in two or oh, three right, weeks. Right, so I got to yeah. go over and see what. It looks good. I can see it, man. It's. It's coming. It's coming along. Yeah, it's yeah, coming it along. Yeah, it'll but be good. We gotta. We gotta finish out in this one first. Bring your rain gear for Sunday. Oh, oh really? As beautiful oh. as last game. So they have to run the football. 
Give it a rest. <laughs> Give it a I think, rest. I, I think we'll wrap up on that note, Therm. <laughs> Thanks for coming in and working that in. There are people out there that watch at home, and they're playing over-unders on how many times Therm's going to mention running the football. Well, that was two today. I don't know if anybody's a winner out there, but you just never know. Just never know. Over-under is... I think it was two and a half. So mm. if you if you had the under, you win. Yeah. Win this week, yeah. Therm. Thanks for coming in. Always good to see you. We'll All see right, you out man. here on Sunday night. Appreciate it. Yeah. Might have to wear number four if you really want people to run the ball or something here. <laughs> twenty eight, twenty two. One of those what three. The, Put yeah. one of them on, and we'll Put see one if on it, every we'll see if it makes a difference. <laughs> James <laughs> first half and Harrison Murray the second half. We take a break here <laughs> because hour number two will begin with the guy calling the game on NBC Sunday night. Mike Tarico joining us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Presented by Kaleida Health. Okay, hour number two here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. And happy to have with us now the man who will be anchoring the coverage on the NBC television side of things for Sunday Night Football between the Bills and the Giants now in his 18th season. He'll have Melissa Stark and Chris Collinsworth with him. It is none other than Mike Tirico joining us on the show. And uh, Mike, first, good to have you with us. Appreciate the time. Second, you've good seen to see you guys. We you've seen this Giants team already because you had them in Week One. I know you're hoping for a better game this week, um, <laughs> but it seems like they yeah. have not been able to really put things back on the rails since that Week One disaster against Dallas. No, no. Hi, Chris. Hi, Steve. Great to see you guys. Yeah, Thanks, they Mike. have had a terrible start to their season. Their offensive line has been about as bad as anybody, right? 30 sacks, uh, Daniel Jones 28 times. Daniel didn't practice today, on uh, Wednesday for the Giants. So that's always a bit of a concern when you're preparing for a week. And this was where they thought they would have their success with that offensive line, ground game, Jones's running ability, added some speed. But you can't show the speed unless you give the quarterback some time. So uh, as beat up as the Bills' defense is, the Giants' offensive line has had a very similar run here through the first five weeks of the season. And now with Daniel Jones, you know, with a you know whatever balancing act with his neck injury, uh, the Bills may see right. Tyrod Taylor, their old quarterback uh, from the, the drought breaker. Um, it, what is the big picture from your perspective? I mean, where do the Giants go from here? I mean, they made some moves, and, and I. They were they really overachieved last year. Did they make a mistake by maybe doubling down on the success they had last year rather than maybe voluntarily taking a step back, spending their money a different way on a quarterback, on the running back, and all that stuff? Are there regrets in New York now, you think, yeah. from the organization? Or are they saying, no, no, we did it right, we just got bad luck? Now, the Giants organization is steady as she goes, right? They've done this a million times. Uh, the Mara, the Tish family, they're not going to – create headlines with that kind of stuff, right? The fans, as you would understand New York fans, they're very frustrated. But 
Let's go back to what they did last year, Steve. You're right. Everybody who's watching and listening to us knows Brian Dable, and you know what a great coach Brian is. And offensively, I think he maximized Daniel Jones in a decision year, and they decided, you know, we're probably going to do better with Daniel Jones for the next few years than we will going elsewhere. So you look at the deal that they signed, and it's not the worst deal for a quarterback you've ever seen, right? They're not committed for five, seven years. We know all these deals you can get out at some point, depending on how you structure it. But Daniel Jones needs help. He's not a guy who's going to single-handedly carry you to the Super Bowl. So that help was a good running game, good offensive line play, and they've drafted on the offensive line. Both tackles, recent draftees. The center was a first-round pick this year. I'm not ready to say that it's a complete failure. They had two things working against them. Their schedule was brutal to start the season. Buffalo's going to be the fifth playoff team that they play here in the first six games, and the only one they didn't play that wasn't a playoff team, I should say. It was Arizona who they rallied to beat. So the schedule was really hard to start. And then injuries. You can't forecast injuries. And when you're taking your left tackle out of the game, and then you lose your entire left side of your line and your center in a game against good teams, you're not going to look good. So I don't think this is a referendum, these first five games, on the right decision or the wrong decision just yet. I think the circumstances of the NFL sometimes put you in untenable spots, and that's where the Giants are, at least from where I sit as of right now. Yeah, not to mention the fact when Saquon Barkley, who was supposed to be that support system for Daniel Jones, is absent for the last three games. Now defenses are completely keying on the passing game in Daniel Jones with a protection scheme that's not been very successful, and you understand why scoring points is such a trial for them. Yeah, they haven't scored at all offensively in the first half. They had a 102-yard pick six from Jason Pinnock. That was the only touchdown they scored. They're, uh, let's see, I think they're two and a half games for the most part since their last offensive touchdown. That was uh, the third quarter with 10 minutes left against San Francisco. So they're five minutes shy of two and a half games without scoring an offensive touchdown. So just think about how untenable that is. A defense that you thought was better, a defense that we thought was going to be pretty good, although young at the corners. And that's going to be where I think we'll see a key matchup come Sunday. Uh, You you thought this defense would be okay because the defensive front was pretty good and they fortified trying to stop the run. But when your offense can't do a, a darn thing, there's nothing you can do in terms of trying to win football games. And I think if you go back and watch the coaches tape from the Seattle game, you could see why we always talk about offensive lines being a unit and that communication. Steve can speak to this better than we can, but if you're not coordinated and together and communicating all these twists and games and stunts and who's coming, who's blitzing, you can't stop them. And the second half of the Seattle game, Daniel Jones had no shot. And then drop back situations, Daniel and Tyrod had no shot last week. So if they don't get that group better this week, if they don't get better play, whether people come back or the guys there get their act together, the, the, the Bills' defensive front will feast and that will be a one-sided game once again. Yeah, if the Bills are able to handle a, a team like the Giants, what's it look like to you? I mean, is it going to be a defensive thing where they just hold them down and then the, the offense coasts through it, or is it going to be – a time where the you know certainly the Bills have more ways than one to beat people, but what's this game look right. like to you? Well, you know, you, you see, you watch the drive right where the Bills go down two scores in the fourth quarter in London on Sunday morning, and you watch Josh go down the field, boom, 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 touchdown! Right? It's like in eight seconds or a few more than that. Right. 
if they can you can jump on a team like the Giants like that, then that's really going to give you a great opportunity to get ahead on them, put them in passing situations, and then your your front guys can take off. And you know we see the rotation. Obviously, there are injuries up front. Vaughn twenty snaps coming back on a pitch count. Russo obviously banged up going into last week and not being a part of it. But I mean. A.J. Epinesa played really well. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan, Syracuse guy, played really well. Uh, the edge rushing that is still there can really help mess up this Giants defense offense. And then you can have one of those one-sided games that you know that we know the Bills are capable of. It's a weird, weird start to the season when you step back and watch what the Bills have done so far, right? It's it, at moments felt really good. But it's three and two, and every time you turn around, there's another name that you're losing for a stretch of time. So it's it's been a weird start to the season for the Bills and trying to keep this thing in position to challenge Kansas City at the top of the AFC. And the same same is true for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going through what the Bills have gone through here the first month and a half of the season. So it's an odd start, I think, to what we thought was going to be a powerhouse top of the AFC this year. Yeah, Steve and I sometimes feel like therapists because, you know, the fans that call this show, they're they're all bent out of shape about the injuries and we totally get why. I mean, you got some primary players that are down yeah. for lengthy periods of time here and we try to tell them this happens all around the league. They just don't want to hear it because, you know, you have Bills myopia, you care about your Bills, you don't care about anybody else, but T Higgins has a broken rib over here, Devon Achan is on IR now for the Dolphins. You know, and he's been an exciting right. player for them. I mean, it happens everywhere. And just look at the Giants. You know, I looked at my board from opening night of the players who you have there, and then you turn on the tape against Miami, and only the right tackles in the same position. So take four offensive linemen out in one month, right? And now you're dealing with guys who didn't even know each other in training camp in terms of you're yeah. playing here, you're playing there. So everybody has these issues. Sometimes teams get hit harder. I am concerned long term about the hits Buffalo has taken because of Matt Milano is every snap in there and all about ball and really became the defining soul of this defense uh, over the last few years. And Tredavious White, you lose a number one corner, you don't replace number one corners like that. It impacts you as your season goes on. Whether you travel him against the top receiver or he's just locking down one side, playing such good coverage in his zone, whatever it is, you don't lose a number one corner and get better. No team has that in the league. So those those injuries really are concerning ones. And, you know, Daquan Jones was having an impact on this team. That push inside. I'll tell you the one thing over the last five weeks of this season and uh, the end of last year that you notice and you see more and more. Teams talked about that area right in front of the quarterback, whether it's the interior rush or the center and the two guards kind of keeping that firm in there. And you know it in Buffalo this year. That guard plays better right now, right? Yeah. And that's gonna that's gonna keep Josh in better stead as we go through the season. That's important, and to go around the league and see that on a regular basis, you know that losing a guy like Daquan Jones impacts that push you get in the middle. You push him from the middle, the edge guys can get there, and now your defense is humming. So I I worry about a key injury at each level here for the Bills. Guys likely not coming back and impacts you're going to have for the last two-thirds of the season. The last thing we've got for you, Mike, uh, obviously the Brian Dable homecoming is a storyline here. You know, just growing up in nearby West Seneca, literally 15 yeah. minutes from this stadium. Um, and I don't – is 
I'm trying to remember. I knew he took play calling duties away from Mike Kafka out in Arizona in the third quarter to stage the comeback there. Maybe you probably know better than we do since you've done more of their games. Is he still calling plays? Because if he is, that could be a head-to-head head coach versus head coach matchup right. with him and McDermott yeah. when the Giants' offense is on the field. You know, and we had something similar last week because Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn worked together as head coach and offensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons who went to the Super Bowl, famously got up 28-3 to and then lost to the Patriots. They were calling plays against each other yeah. uh, last Sunday night. Uh, from the Miami game, from what I saw, we have not talked to the Giants yet, but from watching the game, I didn't see Brian talking into the headset to Daniel Jones. So I think Mike Kafka has been back on that, maybe with a little more input. But, look, you know this game is um, intensely personal in a good way, not a negative way. And important to Brian. So, you know, this is a no stone left unturned week, uh, whether it's <laughs> helping Mike Kafka in what plays to call, trying to use Sean McDermott's habits and patterns to try to help play call for the week. Um, th- these are the stories. I, I feel bad for Brian and Bill's fans don't, but I feel bad for Brian that he's not coming back with a full deck here with the, the guy, the team he would love to have the team he forecast to have. Cause if you think about, it, we're all from somewhere and uh, there's nothing like coming home. And if you can come home with one of these 32 jobs, uh, which is the top of the mountain for coaches in professional football, um, you know, you don't get to do it. The Giants only come here once every eight years, right? Uh, the way the schedule rotation right. most of the time works. So it's one of those that you, you're going to come back and your team's shorthanded. It's not the front of his mind, but it's got to be one of those like, come on, are you kidding me? Of all times to come back to Buffalo with a team, back to my hometown. But we look forward to sharing the story, St. Francis High School, and all the guys who are there, that great connection, and uh, Brian's connection to Western New York. As you all know, because most of you live there, it's, it's a special place. If you're from there, you've got a great connection, and Brian has a great soul and connection and appreciation for the fans of the place. So we look forward to sharing that story of how together Western New York is and what Western New Yorkers are about with the entire country on Sunday night. Well, Mike, um, we'll look forward to seeing you bring a raincoat. It's going to be a little chilly and, um, and thanks for, um, thanks for spending some time with us today. Always look forward to uh, getting on the plane on Friday morning, getting up there to Orchard Park and seeing everybody around town. So look forward to catching you guys at the stadium. All the best. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike Tarico joining us. Here he'll be calling the game on NBC Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth and Melissa Stark down on the sidelines. We pivot now to the post-practice podium. Von Miller addressed the media after the walkthrough session today. So let's check in on Von, see how his first game action since Thanksgiving went last week in London. Uh, I feel good uh, health-wise. Um, it just felt good to be back out there with the guys and um, I said it after the game, it's just a good spot for me to be able to build on. Um, you know, still not where I want to be, like physically and moving how I want to move, but it's a great spot to build on and continually, you know, grow in that area and just learn, you know, who I am and how I play all over again. What is the, do you feel like your workload can steadily increase? Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I just dipping my toe in the water. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I continue to just swim until I'm, in the in the deep end with the big kids for sure. What is the mindset on defense collectively in the room uh, from Eric or uh, Sean or whoever yeah. uh, with the loss of these three guys? And yeah. do you have enough to get it done? Yeah, Coach, uh, you know, Coach Washington and, and Coach McDermott, they do an incredible job, you know, getting us, 
you know, going each and every week. Um, I think Josh had said I was I was listening to his press conference, and there's no way we could replace those guys. It's, it's Trey White, Matt Milano, and Daquan Jones. Like it's it's impossible to replace them and have an exact copy of what they do on and off the football field for the for the Buffalo Bills. It's impossible. But it's it's just our league. You just give an opportunity. It just creates another opportunity for you know the next man up to you know shine his light, be successful, earn his way in the league. And that's just all we can do. I mean, we can't rack up shop, you know, and say, oh, but, you know, this, this season's over with and, you know, we're not going to play no more games because we, we lost guys. You just got to, you know, keep trucking and keep, you know, taking steps every single day. And, you know, throughout the year, you you continue to learn who your team is and you continue to evolve um, and you take the wins and the losses and they, they help you grow as a team. You know, you lose a couple of players, you still have to continue to grow. That growth doesn't stop. And uh, we got players in there that, that are, are ready uh, for the opportunity, and that's that's really it. I know it sounds cliche, but that's that's all we can say. You can't replace those guys, and you just got to keep going. In a circumstance where you've just been through it, you know, we talk about these guys and say next man up is the lead moves forward. But for being a guy who's out and injured, yep. they're like your friends now and what you've been through. What's it like in those circumstances? Oh, it's tough. It's tough, you know, um, and I can't speak for those guys, but I can speak for myself, man. This is all I've ever wanted to do my whole entire life um, was, was to be a professional football player. This is what I live for each and every day. Not even on, not only just the football field, but the locker room and the meeting rooms, like, this is my life. You know, I, I love coming up here. I love being a part of just the overall team element. And, of course, being on the field and making plays, being healthy and being able to make plays and, and go out there and compete, that's that's the that's the cherry on top. You know, we don't even get paid for that stuff. Like, you get paid by coming in here. This is this is the work part. Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays. Like, that's 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 fun. Like, I'm I'm living, I'm living my dream, and I'm and I'm playing a child's game. Like, that's what I love to do. So, to be on the sideline hurt is, you know, it's it's devastating. You know, I know everybody deals with it, and and you know, in other ways. But for me, you know, you're 12, like. It's not too much for me to be sad at. That's not the case, you know, for everybody else, you know. So it is a, a very, very tough position to be in. And, you know, Josh said it earlier, it's going to happen to everybody. Like, all the great football players, from Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, DeMarcus Ware, Champ Bailey, these are just guys that I've played with. Like, you, you're going to have some type of seizing-ending injury, and uh, you're going to have to work past that and get back to the game that, that you're used to playing and continue to develop. So it happens to all the great football players. It's a part of our game, and... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the sucky part of our game, but it's just, it just is what it is. It's a tough, tough part, and you just got to keep going, and you know, you just got to keep moving, whether you're hurt and injured or whether you're on the football field. You mentioned guys stepping up. Sean said, "Puna Ford." You know, it's been a numbers game that's kept him out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. What have you seen since he's been here? What do you think he can do in terms of maybe stepping up? Yeah, yeah, he can, he can play. He's, he's been playing his whole entire career. Really, the only bad thing I can say about the guys is that he went to Texas. You know everything else. You know everything else. He gets, uh, you know, he gets A pluses from me. Um, but that's it. You know him being a, you know him being a Longhorn. That's really the only bad thing that you can say about the guy. He comes in every single day. He works. Um, like you said, it's been a numbers game that's been keeping him out of the rotation. He can play. He can play at a high level. He's been playing at a high level his whole entire career. So now it's just the opportunity for for Poon to come up and play. So. That's just how that's just how it works, you know. Um, Brandon Bean and you know the front office—they've done a great job of building this team. You know, it doesn't you know evolve around like one player, except if you Josh Allen, then it, yeah, it definitely evolves around Josh Allen. But you know, everybody else, we got so much 
we got so much depth and got so many different people in so many different places that we at the end of the day we we will be okay we won't be as good as we were with Trey White and Daquan Jones and Mount Milano of course but we'll still be able to compete at a high level. Along those lines Von, the, the depth that you have specifically on the defensive line obviously losing big hurts but you guys are really deep there you've known that since training camp Sean always talks about how games are won and lost starting at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Do you feel uh, maybe, I don't know if pressure isn't the right word or responsibility, but can this defensive line group sort of control things and, and allow you guys to still succeed defensively because of what you can do up front? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what type of leader would I say if I, what type of leader would I be if I say we couldn't? <laughs> and we won't be able to be successful. Yeah, I, I definitely think we'd be successful. Like, the, the lineup is better with Trey White, Matt Milano, and Daquan Jones, just just honestly, it's better with those guys in there. But we can still compete and be um, competitive, and still achieve all of our dreams that we set out for at the beginning of the season. We can still do that. We can still do that now with the guys that we have here. It's um, you know, like I said, it's it's better with those guys in the lineup. But we we still have a uh, competitive product where we can go out there and win a lot of games for sure. What did Leonard Floyd go through to make sure he stayed in that game on Sunday? Oh, he was, yeah, he's he's a tough guy, and I mean that's what I was. You know, telling uh, Brandon Bean before he came here, I was like one of the toughest players that I've ever played with in my entire career. Um, you know, and I got here and I played with Jordan Poirier, and he's he's one of the toughest players that I ever played with in my entire career. So I've uh, I've been around some tough guys, and, and Leonard Floyd is is definitely one. If he's not one, he's he's two. He's a tough guy. He's a hard worker. He runs to the ball. He knows pass rush, and we definitely uh, stole one with Leonard Floyd for sure. All right, that's Von Miller addressing the media after the walkthrough practice today and basically just giving it to people straight. Um, you know, it's a situation where they got to just keep on trucking, just like he said. And, you know, he I think he was he was honest. You know, we're not the same caliber of team without those three guys, but we still have enough horses in the stable here to win a yeah. hell of a lot of games and be very competitive, and I think he's right. Um, so... You know, we'll have to see how the next couple of weeks play out. The coaches will figure out what they can ask of the guys filling those roles now, whether it's a singular person or whether it's a rotation of players or a platoon of sorts, and they'll get to it. Um, so we'll have more on that subject because uh, after the break, we'll have Micah Hyde addressing the media as well. But there is a note for Sunday night's game, Steve. The uniform combination has been revealed. Sunday night is color rush night. All red. Bills, Giants. Bills will be donning their all red unis. Could be all blue, I guess. Red jerseys, red pants, red socks, white helmets. So it's a fiery look, man. I like it. You can't miss them, man. When they come out of that tunnel, (laughs) they they show up. (laughs) Yeah. They really show up. It's a shame they can't wear... The red jersey with the white pants? Because I think that'd be a pretty hot look, too. With the white helmets? Yeah. Just red in the middle? Yeah. I think that would be a good look, too. And red socks? Red socks. Be good. Be good. That would be good. Um, But I don't think they're allowed to because the red jerseys are part of the Color Rush combination. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll check check with Jeff Mazurik to see if that's allowed, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, all red Color Rush Sunday night. That'll be awesome, which would probably mean the Giants will go all whites, I would think. Right? 
I would think they'd go all well, white. Well, they have those gray pants that they. Oh well, they yeah, they do. Uh, they may go white pants. I think they do have some white. They used to have white pants. They used to well. back yeah back when you were playing. I don't know if they still do or not, but yeah, they could. They'll come out in the blue helmets and definitely white jerseys. White jerseys, yeah. But uh, yeah. we'll try to get tabs on that. But yeah, so that'll be good. Last time they wore them on uh, Sunday night against the Dolphins, they won in December. The highlights our MSU viewers are looking at right now. So cool beans, man! I'm fired up for that. Uh, we got to take a break here. As we said, when we return, Micah Hyde will be addressing the media at the post-practice podium. So we'll get his comments on where the defense goes from here in light of the losses of the three starters over the last two games. Micah Hyde coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey, everybody. We're gearing up for the Huddle for Hunger food drive on Tuesday, October 17th here at Highmark Stadium from 4 to 7 p.m. Fans and schools from the area are encouraged to organize their own Huddle for Hunger collection and bring their items to the stadium. Bills players Latavius Murray, Deion Dawkins, and all the rookies are expected to be in attendance. The top three schools who donate will be recognized at the October 26th game against the Bucks and receive a tour, tailgate party, plus tickets to the game. October 17th is coming up fast, so get on it. It's six days away. So uh, if you haven't gotten started collecting items, get cracking if you uh, want a chance at uh, winning the tour, tailgate party, and tickets to the game against the Bucks. Time to turn to the post-game podium again, though. Micah Hyde addressing the media after the walkthrough practice today. Here is the defensive captain. From a defensive standpoint, you obviously were here when Dave was the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. How much does that help with you guys all be on the different team? Um, I mean, it, it's it's obviously something to uh, to be aware of. Um, but watching the film, just like you would every single week, is is really where you get most of the information. Um, you know, but we know what type to play caller Dave's is, um, and uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see you know early in the game what how he's calling the game. You know, last year while you were out, kind of working your way back, you watched you know Trey come back. You know, Matt Milano's a guy. You know, you that first year you came in, you were here with. What's it like, you know, where you're sitting, not knowing everything you went through last year in mm-hmm. that spot, to now see those two guys have to kind of miss out on this? Uh, you know, it's, this is unfortunate. You know, I feel bad, obviously, for both of them. Um, Trey being last week and Lana going through it this week, and, you know, it's just it's, – it, we all understand it's part of the, part of the game um, of football. We've been playing it for a long time, and, you know, we've seen injuries left and right throughout our whole entire careers, but it doesn't defeat the purpose that it's it's uh, it sucks when it happens, um, especially two guys that, you know, very, very, very big part of our team and of our defense. And, um, you know, just back-to-back weeks, it's unfortunate. Um, sad to see, but at the end of the day, you got to keep rolling. You look at the, you know, A.J. Klein getting signed back to the active roster. Tyrell Dotson has a huge performance last week in relief what can you say about that group that's a lot of guys that have just kind of been around that are now going to be asked to replace Matt yeah I mean they've they've had some playing time in the past um and even early on in in, in training camp so like that just being asked to to go out there and perform make calls and do all that type of stuff so you know we've always talked around here next man up I'm sure you guys are probably tired of hearing that um but it's the truth you know whenever someone goes down it's next man up and it's time to put that work in, watch a lot of film. Um, you know, they have guys like Poe and I and 
um, to be able to bounce questions off of and, and, you know, watch film together. And, um, you know, it's no excuse going out there on Sunday. you got to go out there and make plays. Linebacker is different than safety in the secondary, but is there extra emphasis maybe with you and Poe with communication? Dorian's a young guy, even Terrell's a young guy. Mm-hmm. Christian's been here a little bit to where you took maybe not for granted, but you understood Trey knows it, Milano knows that. Is there an added emphasis communicating? Always. That's that's each and every week. Um, it doesn't, you know, obviously you got some guys that aren't really as, as experienced as those other guys, but each and every week you have to get better at communicating. You know, it's it's a tough task, especially home games. It's so loud. Um, I'm, you know, this has already been a few times this year where I'm yelling stuff at, at, you know, the players in front and they can't hear anything I'm saying. So I literally have to run up and, yell inside their the little hole uh, of their helmet to try to get them to hear me so um, but communication is always something that you know you can get better at you're never gonna you're never gonna you know perfect it because you can always talk about what you're doing as a defense but then on top of that you know what the offense might be doing so communication is always key and it can always get better Jones status is kind of up in the air this week does that change the preparation at all we're gonna watch film um, as if he's playing and uh, we'll prepare accordingly and um, you know, I know Tyrod's a backup. Also, another uh, another guy that's uh, you know we've been with in the past, um, and you know he can get it done also. So we're just going to watch from whatever whatever plays are on the screen. We're going to prepare for those players. Micah, the um, I mean every every game's tactically speaking like a chess match, but the familiarity with Dayball in there, and the, you know him, he knows you. Does mm-hmm. that change your, the dynamic at all through the course of a game? Do you think either way? Uh, I think early on, I think you'll be able to understand what they're trying to do. Um, I think maybe uh, um, throughout the throughout the game, um, you know, possibly doing some some things, knowing what we might be in scheme wise, taking shots, all that type of stuff. You know, we understand that, that could be that could be the case. Um, but really, it's it's the same thing each and every week. You know, I feel like. Um, once you once you make it to the NFL and you know you have coaches, um, you know we have Sean McDermott obviously is our head coach has played probably every single offense coordinator that's that we see multiple times and obviously he's been here with Dave's um, coaching with him but you know those those coaching trees they kind of all evolve and you f- end up facing each other multiple times so you got to watch games from previous years so it's really you know it's it's, it's just like a common thing this week. Whatever your tendencies are, Vic Fangio looks at him and sees him just as well as Brian Dable does, right? I mean, he knows him exactly. just as much. Well. Exactly, and obviously, and obviously, Dabes knows a little more personal, uh, you know, what Micah Hyde is as a player um, and all that type of stuff, maybe a little bit more than than a, a, another offensive coordinator. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that if you watch enough film, you can really get that uh, type of detail also from, you know, if another offensive coordinator is watching film like that, yeah. This first primetime home game, um, do you, in your career, do you notice guys being like extra juice before that, like the home game under the lights? For, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a uh, crazy atmosphere. I'm excited. Um, you know, today's, today's Wednesday. I'm not going to get too excited yet, but uh, come Sunday night, you know, um, guys are going to be ready to go, and it's going to be a fun experience. It's going to be a fun atmosphere for sure. I've heard the coaches talk about putting things in quarters of a season. I, I, it seems like players don't, it's more week by week, but I was going to ask about the going to London. Did that almost feel like, regardless of the result, get past that because it was such a different week? So happy that's over. <laughs> so happy that's over. Uh, you know, it was, it was a fun it was, it was a fun opportunity. Uh, my first time going over there and playing in my 11 years. Um, never did it. Um, 
I'm cool with never doing it again. Uh, and uh, like I said, it was, a, it was a fun experience, though. Um, and yeah, you know, that game's in the past. We're happy about that. But now it's yeah, week to week for sure. Why, why the kind of the anti or don't want to do it again? It's just, you know, there's a lot, lot going into it. You know, you, you guys know we're, we're all about our routines and stuff like that. We like to have a, a little schedule throughout the week. And, um, you know, for us traveling on Thursday night, getting there super early, you know, hardly any sleep, having to stay up the whole day. It was just, you know, kind of threw us out of the rhythm. Not an excuse by any means. Uh, other teams have, have obviously went through that too, but um, it just threw us off a little bit for our, for our routine, and I'm not eager to ever do that again. Yep. All right, so a little taste of the extra involved when you got to go overseas and play a game. Uh, from Micah Hyde there, didn't yeah. pull any punches, doesn't want to do it again. I don't blame him. Um, it has a lot a tough more that goes into getting ready for a game when you got to fly six hours by plane, an hour in the bus from the airport to get just where you're practicing for a couple of days before you play a game, not to mention all the other stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's a heavy lift. Yeah. And, I, and since the game went the way it did, I mean, you bet a house mortgage they ain't going to do it that way the, the way they did this time next time. Yeah. Right? So if, well, if hopefully this, they don't have to do it again um, soon. Anytime but we'll soon. see. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> we were laughing with Therm on here. The, you know, London pubs probably would love the Bills to play there every week. Um, well, with the population of fans that in, infiltrated right. London. Yeah. Um, I should so, see why. It's good for business. But I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think most teams are in that spot where they're saying you know i'd just assume not i'd rather have a home game or right whatever especially particularly if it's a home game for you yeah i get it uh i was trying to check online to see if the giants have released their wednesday injury report yet they have not we just know that a host of players were not practicing today including three offensive linemen starting center john michael schmitz and starting left tackle andrew thomas um, Matt Parrott, their backup tackle, also not practicing today. So three offensive linemen not practicing. One of their pass rushers, Aziz Ojolari, not practicing today. Tight end Darren Waller, wide receiver Wandale Robinson, inside linebacker Micah McFadden, and, of course, Daniel Jones. Head coach Brian Dable said they would make a decision on Jones at the end of the week, which leads me to believe he's probably not going to practice tomorrow either. He might be limited tomorrow at, least, at, at the very best. least. He's not going to go from zero to 60, that's for sure. So, yeah, he may be limited. I think best-case scenario is he's limited. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you, you got to get ready for both these guys, and that's why it's a problem. They don't want to tell you who it is probably a little bit either. I, I would say if, if there's gamesmanship going on, it's because Daniel Jones is going to play, and they want the Bills to waste time getting ready for Tyrod. Perhaps. But Although – if you think about it, Steve, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show, if Tyrod has to play, not much is really going to change with their offense. Both of those guys are mobile players. They can run a lot of the same stuff. It's just a matter of the personal preferences of those players in terms of decision-making that changes things. I'll say this. If, Ty if this is the one game of the season that Tyrod Taylor has to play for the Giants, this is the last game you want him playing in. Right. This team knows how the fan, the, the every fan out there is going to have an idea. Hey, if you just do this for Tyrod, it's going to he's going to struggle. Yeah, 
this, this could be the worst-case scenario for the game he actually has to play in. Now, I don't think Tyrod would come in and play bad. He's not that kind of player. He's very conservative. But he's player. conservative with the ball. He doesn't pull the trigger unless the guy's running open. So, I think – and certainly Sean McDermott knows that. Yep. Uh, and for Giant fans, they're saying, listen, Tyrod got Buffalo to the playoffs. He's not – you know, he doesn't stink. And he doesn't – Bills fans like the guy. I, I think, I think by and large. I think he has the third highest passer rating – for Bill's yeah, Bill's fans team like the guy, but he just didn't cut it loose enough. You know what I mean? He wasn't right. dynamic enough. He wouldn't um, kill you, but he wouldn't lift you to victory either. And, and in that regard, he's probably the best backup for a Daniel Jones. You are going to get a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, um, He's a better athlete. I know that. You, you can say what you want about Daniel Jones. Tyrod's a little slippier in the pocket, I think. Um, but I, I, I think that's right. If there was a team that knows Tyrod and what his – pluses and minuses are it's this one yeah in orchard park that this might be the last place you really want him to play. you want to play somebody who doesn't see him never never knew him yeah, like, right like arizona particularly the coaching staff that he was last year with that got him to the playoffs and saw him right. coach you know i'm the other thing steve and i discussed a little bit was if buffalo's defense should ever be prepared for trick plays and gadget stuff and special teams, too, for like a surprise onside kick. This is the week. Yes. Brian Dable has absolutely nothing to lose. He is a 1-4 yeah. team that's spiraling. They may not have their starting quarterback, along with three starting offensive linemen and a slew of other people due to injury. This is He's got to let it all hang out because he's not going to get criticized for trying gadget plays and trick stuff because they haven't won in a month. Yeah, double, double pass, double reverse flea flicker. Reverse punt return, surprise onside hook and kick, ladder. surprise onside kick, hook and ladder, uh, fake punt. You, you, it's all on the table. I would think. Yeah. So you've got to be hyper aware this week because the Giants are a desperate team. They need a win in the worst possible way, and it's going to be hard for them to get it against a team of this caliber. So trying some Harry High School stuff might be the order of the day. Right. Right. It I, really might. I, yeah, and plus it'll get you a little momentum. Um, one of those plays may give you a chance to get some points out of a drive, like before half or you know or whatever. Um, the weather's going to be a factor. It, it levels the field. Uh, good teams are dropped down, and bad teams are boosted because of the uh, the limitations. The limitations. So yeah, I'm 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 right there with you i th- I think you got to be really have your antenna up if you're out there on particularly on special teams and after all of that being said, the bills are fourteen point favorites well there's you got to run trick plays for a reason i mean yeah. that indeed you can't run them every team every single snap but right. sooner or later you got to line up and try and win and exactly yeah Break time for us here, Steve and I with some final thoughts when we return here on one bills live presented by Collider health it's Buffalo Bills radio. Ticketmaster is the presenting sponsor of the Buffalo Bills 2023 season. Ticketmaster, the official ticket marketplace of the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I I got to tell you, Steve, the thing I am most interested in is to see how the cornerback rotation shakes out now because of all the question marks there currently. Number one is Christian Benford trending back to the starting lineup. Number two is... Is Dane Jackson's foot injury going to keep him out of the starting lineup? 
Where does Kyer Elam fall in this equation? And is Jamarcus Ingram going to be the player added to the 53-man roster with the open spot? That's right. all cornerback questions. Right. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, that's It's definitely going to be a, a focal point of the roster going forward. And yeah, we'll see. We got, uh, But it is – I know it sounds crazy, but it is next man up. And the guys in the locker room, we, I remember thinking, you know, we're, let's go. We're all right. Let's yeah. play. Um, certainly don't have any qualms about going forward with the guys they've got. And those are the comments that Vaughn kind of echoed today when he addressed the media. He's like, look, we like these three guys. They're big contributors. We know that. He's talking about Tredavious, Milano, and Daquan. Boy, hey, we still got pretty good players in here, man. And this is what Brandon Bean, this is why Brandon Bean went out and fortified the roster with proven starters as depth players. Whether it's David Edwards, you know, as a sixth offensive lineman, or Puna Ford as an inactive player because of a numbers game where he can't even dress for game day when everybody's right. healthy. Right. Well, now he can dress, and you're glad you have him. And that's kind of where it's at. Uh, big show coming your way tomorrow. We got Field Yates, Aaron Williams, and A.J. Epinesa. We'll see you at 1 o'clock.